want you be no slave. I said, I don't want you, honey, to work all day. I don't want you sad and blue. I just want to make love to you, babe. Love to you.
Chirocco to a place of ruined stone. Chirocco. Whoever despises the clitoris despises the penis. Whoever despises the penis despises the cunt. Whoever despises the cunt despises the life of the child. Resurrection music. Silence. Consent. No longer speaking, listening with the whole body and with every drop of blood overtaken by silence. But this same silence has become speech with the speed of darkness. Stillness during war, the lakes, the unmoving spruces, glints over the water, faces, voices. You are far away. Trees that tremble. I am the trees that tremble, tremble. After the lifting of the mist, after the lift of the heavy rains, the sky stands clear, and the cries of the city risen in day. I remember the buildings are space, walls. Let space be used for living. I mind this room is space. This drinking glass is space, whose boundary of glass lets me give you drink and space to drink. Your hand, my hand being space, containing skies and constellations. Your face carries the reaches of air. I know I am space, my words are air. Between between the man, act, exact, woman, in curve, senses in their maze, frail orbits, green tries, games of stars, shape of the body, speaking its evidence. I look across at the real, Vulnerable, involved, naked, devoted to the present of all I care for, the world of its history leading to this moment. Life the announcer. I assure you there are many ways to have a child. I, bastard mother, promise you there are many ways to be born. They all come forth in their own grace. Ends of the earth join tonight with blazing stars upon their meeting. These suns, these suns fall burning into Asia. <laughs> <laughs> 
time comes into it, say it, say it. The universe is made of stories, not of atoms. Lying, blazing beside me, you rear beautifully and up. Your thinking face, erotic body reaching in all its colors and lights. Your erotic face colored and lit. Not colored body and face, but now entire, colored, light, the world thinking and reaching. The river flows past the city. Water goes down to tomorrow, making its children. I hear their unborn voices. I am working out the vocabulary of my silence. Big-boned man, young and of my dreams, struggles to get the live bird out of his throat. I am he, am I, dreaming? I am the bird, am I? I am the throat, a bird with a curved beak. It could slit anything, the throat bird. The live bird out of his throat. I am he, am I, dreaming? I am the bird, am I? I am the throat, a bird with a curved beak. It could slit anything, the throat bird. Drawn up slowly, the curved blade, not large bird emerges, wet, being born begins to sing. My night awakes, staring at the broad rough jewel, the copper roof across the way, thinking of the poet yet unborn in this dark, who will be the throat of these hours, no, of those hours. Who will speak these days? Not I, if not you. The DNA molecule, the DNA molecule, the DNA molecule is the nude descending a staircase, a circular one. See the undersurfaces of the spiral treads and the spaces in between. She is descending and at the same time ascending and she moves around herself. For she is the staircase, a protoplasmic framework, an internal scaffolding that twists and turns. She is a double helix mounting and dismounting around the swivel of her imaginary spine. The nude named DNA can be constructed as a model with matches and a ribbon of tape. Be sure to use only four colors on two white strands of twistable tape. Only matches of complementary colors may be placed opposite each other. The pairs are to be red and green and yellow and blue. Make your model as high as the Empire State Building and you have an acceptable replica of the nude. But, and this is harder, you must make her move in a continuous coil, an alpha helix, a double spiral, downward and upward at once, and you must make her increase while at the same time occupying the same field. She must be made to maintain a basic topography changing yet remaining stable if she is to perform her function, which is to produce and reproduce the microsphere. Such a sphere is invisible to, but omnipresent in the naked eye of the nude. It contains a central region and an outer membrane, making it able to divide, to make exact copies of itself without limit. 
The nude has the capacity for replication and transcription of all genesis. She ingests and regurgitates the genetic material, it being the material of her own cell cell. From single, she becomes double, and from double, single. As a woman ingests the demon sperm and with the same membrane regurgitates the mitotic double of herself upon the slide of time, so the DNA molecule produces with a little pop at the waistline of its viscous drop a new microsphere the same size as herself which proceeds singly to grow in order to divide and double itself. So from single to double and double to single and mounting while descending, she expands while contracts she proliferates while disappearing at both her ends. Remember that red can only be opposite green and blue opposite yellow. Remember that the complementary pairs of matches must differ slightly in length, for nature's pairs can be made only with units whose structures permit an interplay of forces between the partners. I fixed a blue match opposite a red match of the same length in defiance of the rules, pointed them away from the center on the double-stranded tape. I saw laid a number of eggs on eggs on the sticky side of a twig. I saw a worm with many feet grow out of an egg. The worm climbed the twig, a single helix, and gobbled the magnified edge of a leaf in quick, enormous bites. It then secreted out of itself a gray floss with which it wrapped itself tail first and so on until it had completely muffled and encased itself head last as in a mummy pouch. I saw plushy iridescent wings push moistly out of the pouch. At first glued together they began to part. On each wing I saw a large blue eye open forever in the expression of resurrection. The new nude released the flanges of her wings stretching herself to touch at all points the outermost rim of the noosphere. I saw that for her body, from which the wings expanded, she had retained the worm. The DNA molecule, the DNA molecule.
celebrating Women's Month with a bunch of ladies putting stuff in your ears. And this is a, uh, we're gonna go out. What we opened up with is the, the Space Lady. So if you know who I'm talking about, hopefully uh, you didn't have too much to dream last night like she did.
Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and plain champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That's an acronym. It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. I have a really interesting story about the origin of our name. Oh? Yeah. It was called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, and it got abbreviated. Just some random mutiny person gave that to you. Yes. And we are, speaking of Random Mutiny person, we are Random Mutiny Radio people on randommutinyradio.fm. Go to mutinyradio.fm. There's a whole world of streaming shows and music and live events right out of the Mission District of San Francisco. It is Mutiny Radio, and we are happy as a clam in the land of Uncle Sam to be right here, right now, Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We air once a week. We stream. That's the first time you can hear us. You got to go listen to us. On the uh, it's uh, audio only, audio RSS only. feed. All right, so yes, and we have an RSS feed. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, do so by our acronym LWAFLMOYT. We watch a full length movie with you, you listen to our podcast, you watch the movie at the same time. And if you don't want to do all that manual work, subscribe right. to our YouTube channel. YouTube. A-F-L-M-O-Y-T makes it easier. We'd like you to donate to the station. Go to Venmo and donate a couple bucks to at Mutiny Radio. So, Carl, what is the movie we are seeing today? The Great Gabo, 1929. The Great Gabo with two Bs, 1929. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. The, as in not the, because it's it's just a a G. So it's the the Great Okay, you know how if it was awesome Gabo, it would be the awesome Gabo, but it's right not great on the Gabo. Simpsons was the awesome Gabo, the great G A B B O 1929. The channel we like is Cinema for Real, Cinema for Real with the number four. Yeah, well, you, you won't find another one, you'll see it's Cinema. For... Yeah, the other you'll ones see have commercials, that's why okay. we don't like them. Yeah, there's this movie has been around for a while, it, it was an inspiration for the Simpsons. That's the first time I even heard of the Gabo. Yeah. Uh, ventriloquist and uh when i realized there was a movie and i realized that we have a movie podcast called lwaflmoyt as soon as that occurred to you i was I, yeah it was true yeah i got a match here wait a minute i was hand gliding at the time and uh we were watching so there's a lot of versions on the youtube we like cinema for real we want you to go find that the great gabo 1932 no 1929 so this movie and is like ninety three years old uh, as of this record. Yeah, as of this recording, this movie is ninety three. It's almost seven years shy of a hundred years old. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm gonna watch something that's a hundred years old. Life marches forward, and th- you know what I like about it. But this is this is content for the podcast. Let's get to the countdown. Okay, let's get to. Okay, okay. so the let's get to the countdown. Over. Yeah, yeah, go I ahead, just want to make sure it's clear to everyone. The Great Gabo 1929 Cinema for Real is the channel we like. There you go. 
There we go. So we have a celebrity comedian to do the countdown, but we want you to meet the celebrity comedian. Yeah. So Carl went over uh, to their press junket and had an opportunity mm -hmm. to sit down and talk about some real things and get to learn about the celebrity comedian. And yes. of course, I haven't heard of this one yet. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Pat Dixon. Welcome, Pat. How you doing? Talking to us from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Okay, now, Pat, you are a big-time, big-deal comedian. Uh, you just... Oh, absolutely. Carl, you wouldn't say that if I was. <laughs> you just headlined Comedy Cove. You drove... Uh, on a Sunday to Buffalo to do more shows. Like all the big-time comedians do. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure you're aging. Okay, but but mainly what I want to start talking about is your creator and host of the NYC Crime Report yeah, with Pat Dixon. Now, this is streaming on Censored.TV, and you've been doing this a long time, since 2011. Tell me about this show, the people who come on it, everything, you know, like – that's led you to this point in which you are the crime report guy. You know, I was a victim of an attempted murder, and so it got me interested in crime. I, it took a little while for that to manifest as exactly what I wanted to do. But I read a story when I got to New York City in 2006 about a guy who got stabbed on a train, and he nearly died, and he was going to be the fifth victim of that day for a spree killer, Maxime Gelman, you know, back in 2011. And I thought, man, this is fascinating. I started talking to people at parties about it, bringing this story up, and nobody had heard it, even in the city. And it was all over the place. So I thought, man, there should be an outlet for a show like this. And then the more I started doing it, the more I was like, this really needs to be funny. So I kind of made it like the New York Post uh, with punchlines. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's what it comes down to. I've had attorneys uh, on quite a bit. I've had ex-cops current cops, uh, a lot of people like that, some marginal characters sometimes, and, and you know, then the the occasional, you know, big name of Bobcat Goldthwait or something like that. Nice, Just nice. Stuff. Yeah, and, and I've met a lot of interesting people through it, you know, and, and Ann Coulter and people all over the city, and, uh -huh. uh, and that's how I got onto Compound, doing it there, and then it became a visual thing, and now it's on Censored.TV. Okay, and... Now, this is started in 2011, so this attempted murder was prior to that. Now, this was an ex-girlfriend who tried to shoot you. Tell me what, what, what went on there. Oh, you know, she was nuts, and she, uh, I mean, was just like, had had enough of my shit, and after we broke up, she decided she wanted to uh, exact some sort of revenge, you know? So she stalked me for a couple of weeks, and then she, uh, you know, found me in an IHOP and had a gun, took it away from her. There was a skirmish. And she was convicted of attempted second degree attempted murder and got eight years house arrest. That's the, uh -huh. the thumbnail version. Of course, she was very fun uh, originally when I first met her. You know, not that way at all. So a lot can happen between April and December, as it turns out. <laughs> now, three weeks of stalking, and she chooses the IHOP. Do you think she was just getting her nerves? I mean, what was she looking at? Were you with some other woman? Well, she didn't know I, where I was, you know, and so I think what it was, she didn't want me to go back to my wife. So, you know, she she found out from a guy I was working with where I was working and then drove a couple of hours, this thing, you know, it was very premeditated and everything. They wanted to yeah. start with the first degree attempted murder, but, you know, she plea bargained. And, yeah, it was, it, she had a suicide note the whole bit. She was going to take care of herself after? 
Uh, well, you know, I think sometimes people find that they can live with the fact they shot somebody a little bit better than they uh, might have. Yeah. But so, I mean, we don't know if she would have followed through on that or not. But you know, that was the plan. Okay, now did she really serve the full eight years? Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, it was supposed to be over in 2012, and I frankly stopped keeping up. She did oh. friend request me back in like 2008 or seven, something like that. <laughs> Did you accept? No, I, I didn't. Come on, let bygones be bygones. It's just a little murder. I mean, it's so old now, you yeah, know. Exactly. That would have expired the order of protection, you know. She could have been on my door in a couple of hours uh, legally. So that's the <laughs> law. You know, stick within the parameters of what they set forth. I have to trust the authorities know what they're doing. That's what we talk about a lot on New York City Crime Report. It's a pro-law enforcement show generally, so people – have a way of hearing that message. I think there's so many negative messages about law enforcement. And look, I can't really say the law is perfect, and I can't say the cops are perfect, but I do know that the cops are at least trying to preserve some order, and I think that that's more than we could say about the legislators a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So you also impressed me because you were on, you had a Comedy Central special. Now it's Comedy Central Presents, so I guess you were a featured comedian. It was a half hour of material. Yeah. When was this? It wasn't like your special on Comedy Central. It was a show of, that comedians, you know, each week would be a different one. Yeah, it was It was just, you know, now they have, I think they call it the half hour. And so they have a series where they had, you know, everybody does their half hour special. And it's um, Comedy Central Presents, Pat Dixon is what it was uh -huh. called. Have your own background you have to come up with and all that stuff. So it's very themed towards you and everything. It's not, it's not like a, uh, like a quick short thing. Obviously, half an hour or something. You know, that's right. the way it came to New York City. But I mean, long story short, you know, that was in 2006, and you know, it didn't get the traction that like Jim Gaffigan got. You know, uh -huh. something yeah. like that. You know, his special was just like they played it endlessly. And I'll tell you something about that special. I had food poisoning while I did it. So Really? Yeah. I had thrown up the night before and all that day. And, and I had to get a B12 injection from a doctor to even be able to do the special. I mean, I, I had a fever. I was, I had I'd gone out to dinner the night before and had uh, rabbit for okay. dinner. Yeah. And I had uh, partridge as an appetizer. So okay. Rabbit. And those are two animals that I don't normally eat, and I don't suppose they can cook properly or something. I don't know. The Gramercy Tavern, it was an expensive meal, you know. It's not like I was getting it off of. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't pepper and squall. Yeah, it wasn't street meat or anything, you know. Uh, but, you know, the doctor offered that he's like, you might want to wear uh, an adult diaper. I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's like, uh, so you had to go out there, put on your best face, pretend it wasn't going on, say, I can hang on for 30 minutes here. This is an opportunity I cannot blow. Oh, yeah. I absolutely had to do it. You know, there was no getting around it. They all, they had everything set up. The background was there. Everything was – all systems go. You know, you can't be sick. It's it's one of those things. You just – you're not allowed to be sick in that moment. So. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I did all right. You know, I did all right. It was, it was, I was a little sweaty and a little – you know, but I, but I made it. <laughs> now, I see you today, and you really go quite blue – even as while you're telling the audience, I'm not going blue, right? So uh, yeah. I'm sure that wasn't this special, right? This was earlier material. Yeah, it was. It had to be TV friendly, and there's always a debate about that stuff. And you'd be you'd be amused by like how specific the debates get. You know, exactly how you can say a certain thing, and 
The only thing they made me take out, like, absolutely no, there was no talking about it, was something about, had something to do with uh, disciplining your kids. Uh-huh. Uh, domestically, that domestic violence style or something. Corporal you know. punishment. Right. Uh, yeah, spanking, hitting them or something. And, like, they they didn't want to hear anything about it. There's no okay. changing that joke. But Okay, now, let's talk about the punch, okay? Okay. Now, in- 2015, you joined Compound Media as yeah. one of the, you know, based on the strength of NYC Crime Report. And, um, okay, so Dateline, June 20, 2022. What? G- Gino had Felicia Gillespie on, right, in hot water. Right. So you entered the bar across the street. What's the name of that bar? Sullivan's. Sullivan's. You entered Sullivan's with no intention of punching anybody. Tell me what in the heat of the moment led you to do it well i was i was like perturbed or whatever but i mean until i saw like uh, both of those two in the bar together i wasn't yeah. going, uh I, I didn't really know what i was going to do I, I think i was just going to go talk to gina like what the fuck i knew he'd be in there i wasn't 100 percent she'd be in there but like that just brought it home look i mean you never want to punch somebody it's not like a good thing to do but like sometimes you act on a certain amount of anger or frustration or something you feel. I mean, like, I can't even explain what makes that situation any different. Uh-huh. It's just it's something that really came to a head. And I and I knew that he had brought her on the show strictly to fuck with me. And, like, uh, right. sometimes people fuck with you, and it's just not fun. It's just okay. like, I'm not doing that. And, you know, it was a particular, it's, uh, you, you know. You just found yourself doing it. You were in the middle of swinging. I mean, you're just. That you I couldn't believe it. But it was surreal. It was it was an out of body experience. You know, it, it was very different. It's not something I've done ever. You know? Right. You haven't punched people ever. Never, never. No, I've never done that. And I did in this case. And it was, uh, geez. I mean, what can you say about something like that? It's it was. I was more shocked probably than he was. Yeah. Now, um, it was a really good punch. Do you use that in, in punch in your stand up now? Because that punch really hit. Oh no, that 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 punch that I gave him had half the punch of my stand up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of punches in stand up, but you were off stage, so that's why I'm surprised. Now, when you found out that your punch cuz you left right away, you had no idea what your punch had done. When you found out that his jaw was broken, what was what was your emotion finding out that news? Pride, of course, you know. I never <laughs> felt bad about that i like oh my god i don't know i mean like look obviously i didn't intend to break his jaw yeah that's why i'm not convinced that he had a broken jaw i i mean like i I, was all wired up he had to have well he had surgery to get his wisdom teeth removed you know and i think that they might have done some wiring because of that i'm not convinced that his jaw was broken Uh uh-huh of everything was a little too perfect. I mean, I don't want to go into a bunch of details, but right around the time, okay. started to kind of go, okay, I guess everything's going to be all right. And they were laughing about it one day, about four days later. And and then it was, and then, you know, over the weekend, it uh, seems like suddenly things changed and he came back and it was like, oh my God, he's on death's door. He's, uh-huh. uh, he's, he's got all these permanent injuries and shit. And then that's what justified firing me. And then Four days after they fire me, he's back at work, you know, so suddenly he's okay. Give me a break. He just wanted me to get fired, and that's fine, you know, whatever. He, he, he made every 
he made uh, the compound management afraid of a lawsuit, you know, because he wanted to uh, get revenge. He didn't want okay. me to be there. He's, he's very big on everybody being on his side and all this shit, you know. And he, yeah. He made it about a lot more than just a punch. So okay. in the end, he sort of like got into all this like character assassination and shit like that, and pretty you know whatever obnoxious. But at the same time, I guess I must have really rattled his fucking uh, cage. World. Yeah, it really seemed to change his outlook, and he became very boring talking about it a lot. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people were thinking, this is very tedious. Can you talk about something else? About the- <laughs> that was what's on his mind. Yeah, that's all he could think about. You know, we could have all moved on. We could have all made up. We could have all still had jobs. But uh, he didn't want it that way, you know. So here we are. Now, Anthony Cumia is in charge of Compound Media. Was he nice about it, the way he let you go? Did what? It, did he well, give you any shit? Like, how did it go down? Well, you know, like, after I punched Gino, I walked out. I went right to the studio. And I was hanging around waiting for Anthony to come in and start his show, and he was a little late. I didn't even know that he was at Sullivan's at the time. So, you know, Ant just kind of, like, breezed by me, said, don't even talk to me. I'm going to go do the show. And then okay. I, the next time I talked to him, I mean, he was, he fired me, and he was uh, very cool about it. He goes, he didn't, he, was. he didn't want to. He said, I don't want to do this, but, you know, uh certain okay. factors here and you know it's just like something that we've got to do and like he didn't he just in and i was and i i could say more but you know i don't, I don't want to go into too much okay you know, but, but he he there, there were certain things said that i was like oh that's okay good news you know whatever and you know i got my final check and, and all that stuff it was all fine uh you know but i did have to leave new york because you know without like uh there was, there was a month. I mean, I, I didn't go to Censored immediately after uh-huh. that. Censored.tv, where I am now. So I had to kind of, uh, you know, I figured, like, look, I'm not bringing in uh, the paycheck anymore. So, if, you know, if you don't have a paycheck, you can't really stay in Manhattan. Absolutely. It's very pricey. <clears throat> now, yeah. this... So we're having some internet internet interruptions. I don't know if you just said a last sentence. The place I was going, I was wondering, you had said at Scotty's last night that this is old news now, right? Let's move on. I mean, it happened yeah, in June. Kind of. Yeah, it was June, yeah. Now we're in September, for Christ's sake. Okay. Now. But I'm, you know, at the same time, it's like, I get it's an interesting thing. I mean, like, uh, it, uh, Kevin Brennan told me he's been doing comedy in New York. 30 years he's ever seen a comedian punch another comedian. Ah, yeah. So you're groundbreaking and yeah. jawbreaking, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. I'm still not convinced. Yeah. Last that- question on this. I wonder if you regret it. If you could go back in time, because you wouldn't have lost the job. If you could go back in time and suck back your fist, would you do it? Nah. Had <laughs> no. to be done. <laughs> oh, my I goodness. Just- I wouldn't have done it as a considered thing, you know, had, had I taken time. I mean, like, I had found out the thing that made me so angry about 20 minutes before. And, uh-huh. you know, had I, like, had a little lead time on it, you know, maybe it would have been different. Like, since it's already happened, everything, I, I like being at Censored.tv. Compound is great also, but I, uh, you know, it's fuck it, you know? Okay. I mean, like, uh, why not uh, roll with reality? I, I, I try not to have too many regrets or do anything that's too regrettable, and 
I don't think this falls into that category. You know? Yeah. In the end, uh, I got the girl, and you know that's something to be happy about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a little book in this, and not a big book, but there's a book in this. There's something to be written about this. Okay, so we've already talked about censored TV, okay? This is where I want to go next. Like, how can people find you and follow you out there on the web? You must have a website, but also, like, social media. What's sure. the best place to get your Pat Dixon news? Well, you see my name there, Pat Dixon, right? And so uh, follow uh, follow me at Pat Dixon on Twitter, at Pat Dixon NYC on Instagram if you want. But, you know, if you want to, like, just a general thing, NYC – NYC crime report, right? Dot locals.com. People can follow me there and it's free to follow and you get some entertainment. And uh, if you want to, uh, you know, contribute or be a supporter, which I'm sure you will. Right. Then you can, uh, you can do that. And then you get everything that I do that goes on there, you know, and I've got, a, it's not just crime stuff. It's, uh, I got a, a late night show called late as fuck. That goes on. That's a great so, title. About people who uh, have sex with dogs and get caught, you know, and that's in the news a lot. It's a uh -huh. lot. I think. I mean, it's one of those things that just gets reported and get talked about too much, but it's called dog fuckers. That's better be late, late as fuck. This better be two a.m. show. Yeah, these shows are are available for uh, you know on demand, and 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 there's a lot of stuff already posted there. I mean, plenty of stuff to watch, and I, I held a certain standard. I'm very proud of it, and. That's uh, nyccrimereport.locals.com. Now, that's plural. Locals. Plural. Local. Gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, now, Pat, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Now, everybody at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their YouTube device at the same time we do here in the studio. So, Pat Dixon, why don't you go ahead and give us that? Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Sure, why not? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Is Chef Fresco now? Hey, ladies and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that Comedian Countdown. This is Erich von Stromheim, the director. He, he's, not, he's not directing? No, he's not the director. He is the star, though. He is Gabo. Okay. Well, Gabo's not the ventriloquist dummy? Yeah, uh, no. Um, no, Gabo is... No, it's it, it's um. Arthur Crandall. Oh, I forget. Ollie. Ollie. Uh, Otto. Otto. That's it. Thank you. Right. I'm sorry. Now, I know that I, I took a guess because of Uncle Floyd. Well, I should have known it was Otto because of um uh, German. You know what was was there an Otto and Uncle Floyd? I think Floyd had a uh, had Oogie. And Oogie was I, a puppet. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't he have a puppet pals on the Uncle Floyd show in New Jersey? Um, I don't know. There was Looney Gilles. Skip Rooney. Looney Skip Honk 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 Honk. Yeah, and then there was there was like God or Keith. There was this big kind of heavy fat guy. Oh, so oh, look at this. Oh, I love a movie that opens up with a guy playing solitaire. You know that's going to be a good hour and a half. Yeah, that's right. It's all. Yeah, what do you do when you're bored? You play solitaire. Prepare, the ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and this is gonna suck. And no action. Now this is Mary talking uh, to Gabo. The Gabo the puppet. No, uh, the puppet is Otto. Okay. <clears throat> now here in New Jersey had um, an act, Otto and George. 
actually George was the dummy, not. So when I heard this was Otto, I thought it was really neat. George passed away too. Uh, Otto passed away too. It was Otto and George, and George was the puppet. So I thought that was funny. Oh, that's cool. They've been boyfriend and girlfriend for two years. And what that tells you is it's 1929, and it's cool to be in a relationship with someone out of wedlock, you know? Oh, right, because this is a pre-code movie. Yes, it was a pre-code movie. But the thing is that it wasn't until the late 40s, early 50s that it that we got real strict with being proper on, t you know, it, in the Roaring Twenties, which this isn't, it's 29, it's after that, but in the Roaring Twenties, like, it was cool to be gay, and it was cool to be smoke pot, and it was cool to, it was like a, a more enlightened time, and you could be in a movie saying, I've been banging this girl who's not my wife for two years now. <laughs> I, I take it back, 100 years ago was cool. Yeah. Yeah. 80 years, 70 years, not as much. Now, so you're right. There's one bed in this, and I like I like their apartment. It looks like an apartment. They have the bed in the living room, and or the they, you know there's two rooms. Yeah, what this is supposed to say is they're not impoverished, but you know this is all they could afford in the big city. Now, a big city to the puppet. Yeah, it's responding, and you can see him squeezing the mouth because his hand is not up the the. Puppets took us, right? As they right. say. Right. You see, he's got that lemon thing on the table. He was just holding it and squeezing it, and it makes from air compression, it makes his mouth move. Okay, that explains it. Because it is kind of creepy off the bat that he has a dummy not next to his hand. Right, exactly. Coffee was too hot. Right. Now yeah, well that's see, that's the thing. Like he he he's being a dick. He's like Where's my coffee? And she goes, it's sitting there. It's been sitting there the whole time. Then he goes, he drinks it. He goes, it's cold. And she's like, because it's been sitting there. So he goes, more coffee. And she brings it. How is it? And he goes, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to listen to him so you hear what Austin yeah, sounds like? Yeah, I do. I, as an audience member, I do want to see this show. I want to see the ventriloquist act. What's that? That's not impossible. I can do that. Yeah, I could do that. And at the same time, uh huh. Use my voice. Okay, if that was me, I'd just be like, I'd be like, well, I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I would, I would have the water drool out of my face. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I will now drink water and okay. start coughing uncontrollably. Now, wait, watch. Mary will drop the tray. Yes. That is fucking inexcusable. She is so fired. Well, that puppet was looking up her dress, taking up skirts. Okay. In this movie, Otto is the cool one, the gentleman who is Mary's. Mary loves Otto. Not literally, but you know what? They're friends. You know what I mean? He's the bad one, and the puppet's the good one. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. The cigarette makes you cough like that because, you know, he's not a smoker. I will now. That's right. What's the matter? 
I don't smoke. Do you feel okay? What's the problem, Mike? I don't smoke. <laughs> have the puppet throw up. All right, I have to do this for the open mic, but that means I have to have a dummy. What's oh, you. That? Let's let's get your ventriloquist act ready. Okay, I will drink water and smoke a cigarette <laughs> while throwing my voice. Right, while using my voice. Does he say throw? Uh, or I could say using. He says using, but you know, a ventriloquist throws his voice. That's what how you think of it. Now, in the 1920s, you would be entertained by going to dinner theater, vaudeville, or the movies. And this movie is saying, would not only would show you the behind the backstage drama, right? Uh -huh. So, as an audience member, now I could see the show and see the drama behind. Now she is really acting here. Look at her crying. It's like silent movie acting. Yeah, it is. She was a big silent movie star, and so was he. This was yeah. the time. This is one of the very first talkies, like really early, like a year into it. We're we're not really going to hear the original audio because, of course, we're going to talk over this movie. But you have watched this movie several times. What do you think for like an early talkie, like as a sound quality? Does it does it has weird? Is it like? No, it's okay. It is crackly. Um, okay, so I think we're okay. I just want to tell you that this is in public domain. Hold on. Oh, all right. Let's listen to okay. it all day, every day. The public domain version available on the Internet Archives run about 68 minutes. The original film ran 96 minutes, including exit music. A 94-minute public domain version is now available. I think that's this. That's what we're watching, yeah. Okay. Now, next thing I want to say. Let's suppose it wasn't, uh, you know, domain. I mean, it's so old. Do you think they'd come sue us? Like, who owns it? Well, MGM. Like, who's, whose radar is it on? Listen, that... I mean, like, w there was movies, famous movies from 1929 that no, no way we could watch them. I mean, Wizard of Oz was, what, 33, Gone with the Wind? Right. Yeah. You know, that was, what, six years, four years from now? You know, so there there were big movies, maybe Wings, the Oscar movie. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I always thought the Beatles was so much better. There was good, Wings had good material. Right, yeah. I if hear, it yeah. wasn't the Beatles, I wouldn't be listening. I couldn't believe get they gave the Academy Award. Yeah. It was look a silent. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to show, like, look at her servicing him. Like, she, yeah. he does, she does everything. Look how upset she is. By the way, she was go she did audition for uh, Gone with the Wind, and they oh. didn't pick her. Um, not for, it's for Belle, what was her name? I have it here. Not Scar Scarlett O'Hara. No, it wasn't. Um, Belle Watling. I think she was the one who wanted to buy Scarlett's house, and Scarlett chased her away. If you, if you remember the film, do you remember the film? The house burned down. Like she, Scarlett should have taken the deal. <laughs> Did you not see? No, I didn't. No, it was. I only watched. Listen, Gone with the Wind. It's like really boring, and then finally the carpetbaggers show up, and I'm like, finally, something I can relate to. It's our team. Yeah. Like, they literally have a bag made out of carpet. <laughs> okay, listen. The, the house did not burn down. Tara yeah. made it through the Civil War. And Belle Watling now was rich. because she Tara was... being the estate name. Yeah. yeah. And so it was dirt cheap, and it survived. 
Anyway, it's a weird scene. Like, he comes. We shouldn't be talking about going with the wind during <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's dial it back, huh? This is the neighbors, okay? Um, her name is Babe in the movie, and his oh, name okay. is Neighbor. <laughs> in the really? Yeah. Well, in the script, he is credited. At, he's uncredited. He's uncredited. Was, isn't she in the in the title Picard that we saw at the beginning of the film, place card, where it La said her placard, placard, perhaps? placard? Yeah, her name was Babe. Didn't yes. Mean, yeah. This is Majorie Kane. Majorie Kane. Majorie Kane. Uh, she was an American film stage actress born in Chicago. Appeared in more than sixty films between twenty nine and fifty one, occasionally under the name Babe Kane. Um, and that's what she is in this film, Babe. Gotcha. Now, the, the boyfriend there is just called Neighbor. Um, yeah, man. Pre-code, you could fuck your neighbor, no problem. <laughs> okay, he was in On the Water on the Waterfront in 1954. Um, he was prolific. And he was on Perry What? Uh, no, he wasn't on Perry Wat On the Waterfront, was he like, did he have a wool cap? I think I'm trying to recognize him. Did yeah, he testify? He, Don't he, testify. He day. And he was yeah, yeah it's chilly. right, right, because he was on the pier, right? He was walking on the pier. He was working on the pier. It was really this chilly. Is a, this is a heartbreaking scene. He is just like fed up. I mean, he's just being such an asshole. How does he hold that monocle like that? That's always bothered me. He's German. But does it just stick there? Do you have like no? Yeah, grouchy, grouchy. It holds it in place. I am a grouch. I all those, all those consonants uh, help help keep the uh, glass in place. So wow, clapper! He's really leaving. She still has a security tag on it. Well, she's going to return it tomorrow. How is she going to walk through the doors with the tag on it, though? She's oh, you mean security? Like when you go? I thought you just meant the tags. The yeah, little tag there, yeah. He walked out, and they went whoop, 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 and she fucking <laughs> ran. Fucking worked. It was 1929. I'll see you, Otto. Yeah, well, she is. I mean, you're the only human thing. The only human thing about you, Gaba. You're gonna like me. Sorry, that's the Simpsons Gabo episode. Like, it's this is the reason why we're watching this movie is because when Gabo yeah. came and took over daytime kids show. Now, they got it, you know, it wasn't this movie and it wasn't the character of the puppet. They did their own thing. Right, but it was definitely based on this movie. It, what a weird yes, coincidence. It has to be. Yeah. It's Arthur Crandall. Hello, I'm Gabbo. And he goes, and I'm Arthur Crandall. <laughs> and not, not uh, the great Gabbo. Yeah, that's right. right. The puppet's name was Gabbo. Yeah, I know. And, and then Otto and George, uh, Otto... You've heard of Otto and George? I've heard of Otto and George. I didn't realize he passed away. So your yeah. your ventriloquist act should be Otto and George, and then you strike through the name. Right. And then you write Carl and Puppet name. <laughs> Carl and Puppet. How about Carl and Puppet? Carl and Puppet. What do you think? Carl and his Puppet Pals? How am I going to do this, man? I don't want to do it. I have to buy a dummy. I guess I should just buy some kind of don't you have like I I if you watch us on YouTube you'll you'll see our background. I see a closet behind you with boxes. There has to be like a doll, right? Like an American doll. Are you gonna go back in there? You must. 
Here, just ask. Ventriloquist dummy, are you here? Yes, Carl, I'm in the box. Liberate me. Carl, Carl, I can't breathe. Get me out of the box. Carl, Carl, I think the mailman's looking at you funny, Carl. <laughs> Man, your ventriloquist dummy is a little creepy. Yeah, just a little creepy. He's um, He watches me at night. That's why I haven't jerked off in years, man. Oof. You don't mind that your grandparents are watching you watch Made from Heaven? <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There. You got a shoe and a sock and a shirt. <laughs> Carl Hi, Reebok. Hi, uh, Reebok. Hi, Van. What shoes talk? I give up, Van. What shoes talk? Converse! <laughs> I will now drink water as I throw my voice. <laughs> so what did you decide you would do about it? <laughs> I will now smoke a cigarette <laughs> while throwing my voice. Carl and Puppet. Carl and Converse. Oh, one more. Carl and Kicks. I'll be here all week. Carl and Kicks. <laughs> That'll be the shoot. Okay, I I'm blowing it. Uh, all right. He's okay. He's gone now. It's You're her. You're not blowing block. it. That was fantastic. <laughs> call, call her bluff. Look at him smoking. That makes me think of. <laughs> so go ahead. It's public domain. Let's listen. Oh yeah, let's, let's listen. listen. Okay, fair enough. Because the auto is going to talk to Gabo. Now look, he does have the pump. But Otto's moving his little head. Oh, well, yeah, I guess it could be up, you know, he could be doing both things. It could be in his palm. Right. No. You had told me that it, because you thought it was a, like a murder movie, right? Right. And so I thought that. So I start watching it and I'm waiting. Okay, once again, the n neighbors are being nosy. The girl left. They're not neighbors, they're backstage, you know. That's what I'm saying. They're entertainers. They're not audience members like us. No, they're entertainers. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mean to say it that way, Carl. Of course you're, of course you're yeah. a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hey, Carl. I'll throw my voice while, <laughs> while giving a BJ. Uh, ow! Yeah, I don't even want to make that joke. Ugh. You would have to get a dildo. Here, hear me out. Ew! 
no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Oh my god, just uh, uh, commitment to the bit. I <laughs> no, I abandoned this bit. Hey, what if it was the dummies, PP? Well, I second that okay. if I would say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, geez, oh, God, Carl, Carl. <laughs> Make him... That's funny. Make him. <laughs> the puppet starts voting. Well, you have okay. his chicken in his mouth. Right. Giving a PJ. I don't even want to make that joke because everybody acts like that. Now, first off, if you actually acted it out, it would be the most explicit thing you've ever done. So I like how you write it down as BJ. When, in fact, you would actually be committed. No, I would call it BJ. on, And now I don't have to really do it because I can just put my head in the lap. So I don't really have oh, to. Oh, right. That's an indelible image. I'm not. I think it will burn in there. No one can, like, unwash their eyes. Wash your eyes on that. To this bit. You're not going to unsee it, I should say. Okay, now he's going through all the things that she did, and now she's gone. Go ahead, keep listening. No okay. one's going to sue you, I swear to God. Yeah, but I like us talking, too. Like, I can't we'll hit you. Both. We'll talk right over him. Okay. Rudely. All right, rude. Now, see, he is squeezing it the whole time. Yeah. Is he really throwing his voice, this talented director slash actor? I don't think so, because this is a movie, and this guy was a big deal. He did directing. He kind of got beat down by Hollywood and went backwards to acting again. Sure, you know uh, Sunset Boulevard. He doesn't have a star, by the way, even though uh, this guy who shouldn't have one don't. No, he doesn't have a star. Well, about that one. It was uh, I saw. I finally saw the Donald Trump star on on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, okay. And I knew it was his because they had four like safety cones surrounding the square, and they had a black tarp covering it. Like not, then, so you wouldn't. Yeah, and then they had they had tape on the four cones as well, so you can't. And then someone had left Cheetos. On the tarp, so I knew that had to be his, right? Who would leave Cheetos on the ground on Hollywood Boulevard like that? That's a great idea to like come bring some flowers and like lots of Cheetos. And yeah, you know. look at the scar on Gobble's yeah. forehead, man. Well, so he was famous for it. He's in Sunset Boulevard, he plays the butler to Gloria Swanson. and that's part of the in joke is that this famous director is now, you know, you can imagine it's the director himself. Oh, hey, it's the honeymooners. Yeah, it's the neighbors, but now they're at their home apartment. And they He's like to, variety. Would you turn the sound back up? And they like to squabble. They, it's, you know, it's 1929 and he's reading Variety. Variety is 93 years old. Yeah. Yeah. What we're establishing now is Gabo Patterson. has become successful. He's going to be a big star. So these are bitter New Jersey comics. Pavilions. I guess so. They um, perform in Patterson. Okay. John Hamilton, the guy who you see there just named Neighbor Uncredited. Yeah. Died. He was born in New York City, but he dies in Paramus, New Jersey. 
age 73. Wow. Well, they're in Patterson right now. Are they really? He keeps talking about Patterson. Maybe maybe they live in Manhattan and they commute, reverse commute. Yeah, you know what? That's right. I see it right there in the uh, captions. Holy shit. It's not mentioned in the movie Patterson. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Patterson about a poet named Patterson? Uh, who, no. He's a bus, mm-hmm. He was a bus driver in Patterson. Was it, it was named after a poet, right? No, it was named after William Patterson, a colonial figure, a landowner. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and there's William Patterson University. It's, uh, yeah, no, he's uh, He's famous for owning land. I'm not sure. He was a colonial times guy. He was a big deal and owned a lot of land in New Jersey. So they called lots of places West Patterson and Patterson. And... Now, he's like a big deal now. Famous. And what this weird thing's going to happen. This movie is now going to become a, a musical play. Okay. Can we can we bring up our our favorite part of every movie that takes place in a nightclub? Is this a real place? Or yeah. is this some movie fake place? It seems kind of more realish, right? They got the the weird car going up and the ballet up front. <laughs> I guess. I don't think Carl will we enjoy ourselves like Well, maybe both? this is just a restaurant. It's not a nightclub and they just have inner Look at that teensy teensy table. Well, that's because they're not wearing tuxedos. They got banished to the suit section. Now, look at their total 1920s dress, and it's genuinely yeah. authentic. It's not like this is some... Yeah, and that's some retro. Like her hat. Her hat yeah. like, it go- it looks like a gumdrop. Both of them. It's awesome. Could you see yourself living in this time? It's just fashion, after all. People are still people. But, you know, my thing is, like, for entertainment, so you and I would go out, we would put on tuxedos, mm-hmm. we would go to a restaurant, and we would have like swab with sherry. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I see. They're doing a shtick, and everyone's watching. Right. And the thing is, <clears throat> people think he's wacky, but we know he really—it's a living creature to him somehow. <laughs> he's got the thing in his hand, lady. <laughs> when you pull his dick, oh, <laughs> when you grab his nuts, oh, <laughs> what's up with that weird? Got, like, um, lukewarm reviews, and it did okay. Um, he's having tea, or no, brandy, an aperitif. Yes, he's got the sugar cube, like a whole tray of them. Well, yeah, he's flicking his ashes on the floor. Or am I wrong? Is there? Yeah. No, he's just, he does no respect. They're so flappery. Yeah, I know. What I love about it is it's authentic. Yeah. That's the well, dude. That's the cut of his uh, lapel. His collar. Yeah, lapel. Collar. I've never seen a collar like that in a while. No, it's weird. Like, when you see him, this is America, Patterson, New Jersey, and New York City. But it's so long ago that it's a different country. It's a different culture. If we would go out, right, and we would go to a restaurant, and we would wear tuxedos, and we would have squab and lobster and caviar, right, and whatever weird food you ate, and then a band would play, and we would stop our conversation, and we would turn, 
or maybe a celebrity is having a joke with the waiter and we we listen eavesdrop to the ventriloquist <laughs> and uh i don't understand it's like people are singing or people are eating while you're singing Oh, yes. Walk away. Oh, but except. You're right. That is the shtick they're doing, and it was pretty funny. Did you see this? You didn't, right? I watched a little of it. I watched enough of it to, to get a sense of it, but I didn't get to the end. So, our, our you know, Gabo himself, the actor, got, like, re good reviews. But it didn't really help his career or something. Um the negative reviews called him Aaron Von Showoff. <laughs> now, this was produced and directed by this game guy named James Cruz, and he's married to Mary in our movie. In the real nice. Um, he was mostly about silent films as an actor and a director. He did a lot of work with Fatty Arbuckle. He worked with Will Rogers. Wow. <clears throat> Now, he also did this film, Mannequin 26, that I think you talk about, right? Mannequin? Wait, you're talking about Mannequin? 1926, yeah. Oh, all right. I thought you said Mannequin 1985. Oh, oh, oh okay. And Mannequin 2 on the move. Didn't you say there was another murder one? In yeah. Mannequin? We watched the Mannequin murder movie from the 20s, didn't we? Like, they come alive or some shit like that? No, it was... I don't think I was part of that. No, I, I think you were part that. of it. No, I think that was one of those public domain films. Okay, so mannequins came to life and killed people? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. So you did... One, two, three. Oh, wait, is he going to sing the lollipop song? Yeah. Here we go. He just missed it. He just finished it? Yes. I told I'm sure you it's all... fucking thing up. I threw some salt for, but look, he is superstitious. Threw salt. Yeah, <clears throat> and when like, wow, look, she's giving him the eye. Right, he's giving his eye back. Did I? Yeah. That what his monocle eye? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, well, right. of course, whatever. Everyone else is trying to eat dinner, for sure, whatever. So, this is the only thing I noticed, is this background noise. It's like, this is ambience. So, if, if, uh, this topic gets... Look, But there's no microphone at the dummy's table. So, when people are eavesdropping, it's yeah. dead silent. But then when the stick is over, you hear the ambient noise in the background, and it's fucking loud. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's yeah. obviously mic'd up. Yeah, or, you know, there's just a movie, and they do it that way. But So Mary got fed up. She walked out. Two more years passed, in which time Gabo became famous. Now they're bumping into Mary again. Okay? What's, now what's Mary turn up the sound. Oh, caviar and lobster, eh? You're doing quite well for yourself, Gabo. Of course I am. See, people are still listening to this conversation. 
Well, they shouldn't at this point because it's personal. He's saying, yeah. I miss you. I really miss you. I went to a restaurant and there was a talking dummy. I couldn't stop staring at it. Now, this director, James Cruz, right? He married yeah. her and they, they divorced in a couple of years. But very little is known about his childhood that's like for real. Because every time he ever had an interview, he told a totally different lie. About Interesting. Yeah. So when the silent era was over, he pretty much got into trouble. You know, his career declined. And he became much more of an alcoholic. I heard you sneak off the sound, you. He became an alcoholic. And it ended his directing career. Wow. Um, the last four years of his life, he was unemployed, and he killed himself in 1942. What? He was only 58 years old. Wow. But but then I've got this report that said he died at his Hollywood home after a long illness. So, well, what is it? No, well, three places say he killed himself. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe what this one place, what it means is he was kind of sick, and that's what really happened. You know, he already drank himself to death or something horrible. Gotcha. Oh, did they leave the puppet? Yeah, yeah. This, Buddy's going to pick it up. I'll, I'll keep the sound on more than usual. I just want to make sure that it doesn't over, the sound doesn't bleed out power of power the studio us. and uh, people oh. hear it on the street. Okay, okay. I don't, um, need anyone, I don't need anyone entering the studio while we do this. Yes, I understand. So... Okay, well, that's his story, and what he did a mil million films, but Fatty Arbuckle films, that's the ones you would know him for. <clears throat> As an actor, he did a million films, but you would only recognize The Last of the Mohegans, Robin Hood, and Dr. And Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I think you only recognize them because they're books, you know? Right. Well, I remember when Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he played Anne. He played Anne? <laughs> right, yeah, middle guy. Glenn okay. Hyde. Now, now we're audience members. Yes, we're audience members now. And we will watch an entire fucking musical play. And this is where the, like, what's the purpose of this song? Okay, so we just got our tuxedos on. We just had dinner where we couldn't talk because there was a show going on. And I couldn't look at my phone because <laughs> the band was playing. And then I danced. And then I had a couple of aperitifs with 36 sugar cubes. Then we went, to, we went over to Broadway. To watch a, a variety show. Right. Now, this is Frank. Now, I don't think this is Mary. Is it Mary? I'm not is sure. Is it the neighbor? Is it Babe? Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because it really doesn't look like Mary. But that is Frank. Frank, we will find out, is married to Mary. When Mary left two years ago, she went right into the arms of a man. And she said, I will marry you. And she got married. He's you know grown what, to love him. Right. You know what uh, uh, the great Gabo said when he found out Frank married uh, what? her? What? He goes, Mary, Mary, why are you bugging? <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to do Run DMC's Mary, Mary. Why are you bugging? Right. I, but I don't remember. The, it's been like 40 years. I don't remember. The song. Yeah, let's see. I can hardly remember. I remember my Adidas. Yeah. King of Rock. King of Rock, there is none higher. And I remember. I know. I remember a lot of Run DMC songs. Well, the best one is You Talk Too Much with uh, Channel 9. Shut up. The video has uh, Lloyd Lindsay Young on it. 
<laughs> Channel 9 from the 80s. Hello, we Hawkins! Oh boy, you talk too much. There's his face. <laughs> I'm sorry. So they're, they're what? Are they verse four? It's tricky. It's tricky. It's to rap on a uh, rap. Yeah, I can't even do it. To, to rhyme um, on time. It's tricky to rock around. Rock a rhyme? No. To rock, rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's tricky. How yeah, is you, it? Tricky. You know, it's tricky, tricky. Ooh, legs. I'll never get tired of this, Carl. This girl named Carol <laughs> rocks Daryl. He's got le- oh wow. God, I'm so glad we went to this show. We are now audience members for a yeah. musical theater night. This is what like we're too cheap to go to a theater. We have to go to the movie house instead to experience a recording of it. But la, this band la, la, la. look at my vagina. Vagina, vagina, vagina. Is it vagina dresses. Here we go. Clam. Clam. So the whole bit is that these men are waiting to walk in between them, and then you go, wow, different costume. What? What's going on behind here? It's the spectacular. It's in black and white. Yeah, nice contrast against the black curtain, too. There is something funny about that black and white bit. There was a bit in color, then, and I think it's lost forever. Here it is. Oh. Um, we are now going to watch it every now and then. I'm in love with you, the new step, Web of Love, and now there's a film. Uh, there's a missing song called "The Gaga Bird," which they filmed in color. Yeah, because isn't there like a multicolor credit, like shot in multicolor or something on the credit? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there is, and it was. Um, let's see. The footage from the dance sequences were reused in a different music from the. The Girl from Calgary in 1932. So they did a little recycling of this footage. Oh, here we go. We have loved you. Two and two is three. <laughs> is this Louise Company? Wow, look at those legs. I never get tired of this, Carl. Now, there's a tagline in the advertising that was all dialogue, singing, dancing, and dramatic spectacle. And that's where we're going to just... Fuck off Gabo for about, you know, like 15 minute chunks, 45, 30 minutes. I mean, we're just going to watch a musical. Okay, here we'll have a little backstage plot. You're absolutely right that this is what they wore. These are the curtains that they have. Look at those curtains. They're fucking, yeah. It's like watching an 80s movie or a 70s film and going, whoa. Yeah. You never could recreate that. All top hats. Okay, the opening credits mention color sequences by multicolor, but those sequences yeah. are now either lost or have survived only in black or white form. Multicolor, based on the earlier Prismacolor process, went out of business in 32. Look at those flat asses. Well, actually, we saw their butts. Whoa! Holy... Whoa! That was actually... Still flat asses, I gotta, I'm gonna have to well, say. Yeah, well, because they do a lot of sitting and waiting for their turn, and then when it's their turn, they run up there and show their flat ass. Carl, this is great. I can't wait for this bit to end. This is great. As soon as that last person leaves, oh, it almost, uh, all right. Why? I think it's that the orchestra bombasts you in the audience, and you're like, whoa, and then they could do anything on stage. Yes. Like, check out our legs. (laughs) Check it out again. 
Oh, here we go. Now we have the backstage drama and the oversized well, dressing room. Well, we do, because Frank is going to be jealous. Why don't you turn up the sound? Wow, where'd you get these flowers, huh? Gabo sent them. Well, I'm definitely, I, I'm ready to unmute. I got it in the system. But so, all right, so here's my beef about these kind of movies. Okay. What am I in this movie? Am I a fly on the wall where I get to see the backstage drama? Am I, it feels like, you know, they make these movies that you can't be a fly on the wall. So you have this enhanced experience as an audience member. You get to literally sit in the, in the theater, right? watch the full show, and then find out the Muppet Show drama behind stage. Yeah, it's like the yeah. Muppet Show. But it's like, I never, I think this idea of like performers are interesting or the backstage drama is interesting. Yeah. Maybe not anymore. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, then why do I have to watch the show too? <laughs> and you will in this movie, man. They're going to torture us with musical numbers. Really? They're going to just fill up the fill the clock? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It'll be like seven minute segments. Look, I don't know whose idea this, well, I guess I do know whose idea it was. It was Cruz's idea. Hey, baby, I'm going to take you out to dinner, entertainment, uh, theater, show, and a movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cruz's wife. Yeah. It's just going to be a night on the town, baby. Night on the town. Two tickets for this film. A film? Yeah, it's got theater scenes in it. What's with the sword? Jesus. Uh, oh, guess what? Ever. In real life, when he came here from Ellis Island, listen, this guy, look, yeah. I like him. I like him in his life. He did a lot of good work, and he I brought authenticity movies. to movies. He's got super, super famous in France, and when they died, like a whole group of artists, you know, fawned. But he was in Germ in Austria, and he was in the military. And he just fucking ran away. He just went AWOL, got on a boat and went to America. And when he arrived at Ellis Island, he said, I am Baron von blah, blah, blah. He pretended he was nobility. And he got into um, Ellis Island records that he is nobility. His first job was a traveling salesman. I mean, he was not nobility. Right. No, yeah. So he was a bit of a skunk. We watched a movie, Carl, and I know you would remember this, a silent film where the director was so pompous, he threw like a Vaughn in the middle of his name. Right, make, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. The Staircase People. What film was that? It was like on the rooftops of uh, Hell's Kitchen. Remember they were down and out and they had a ladder against the wall and they were going to climb the ladder and it was symbolic. That makes me think of... Um... Some people call me Maurice. What was that film? Ooh, we saw? Uh, the Pompatus of Love. But I know you can't yes, be talking right. about that. That's no, 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 no. This was this was a black and white film. You did really good research on it. But I always think of like this guy must have been inspired by Eric von Stromheim. Right, he, right, right. Eric von Stromheim. He he's a famous director, and I've probably seen a couple of his films. I just know him from Sunset Boulevard and uh, as, and more of his oversized story because yeah. Yeah, he he was always a cautionary tale, or it was always set as an example. But he seems a lot more complicated. I don't know if he was a dick on stage. A lot of these early directors were like just abusive yeah. jerks, mm -hmm. putting on these 
epics without uh any kind of you know standards that we have now not not moral standards but just like a tech no, like safety yeah and, um remember we we were watching the general and he put that woman in a sack and she yeah. got carried and thrown onto the train yeah we just last week we watched uh honor blackman get pulled off a boat mm-hmm. by, by a crane and uh green grows the rushes now, there oh are God. several times in this movie where somebody flubs a line um, and it just got left in. Like, they did not reshoot. Well, that would have been me, unfortunately. I would have been like, ah, oh, my God, you look great in that dress. I mean, and uh, how's the weather? How are you doing? Uh, well, the thing is, in Fish Burgers, I kept every flub. It was very rare. Like, once or twice, I was like, you got to do that again. But so I, I could get like, a flub in? Yeah. I mean, well, like, like I remember you walk in to show Dave Ken- Dave Kennedy his bed tonight was going to be the tub. Yeah, that's go, right. It's a warm, you know, like, and you, you, you mentioned so that before. Awkward. Yeah, that's gold. That is gold. Look how it says Gabo in like, yeah, diamond Gabo. Crusted. That's like on The Simpsons when they had the TV show. Yes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Otto, I heard you went down the wrong way of a one-way street. Yes, but I was going one way. Otto, <laughs> did you way. see the arrows? Yes. Arrows? I didn't see the Indians. That's the line. <laughs> I didn't know it was a one-way street at first. Why not? What did you think it was? Oh, I thought it was that street only way. Otto. Oh. You're a bad boy. You are such a dummy. Of course I am. Why? Thank you, Captain Obvious. But your knee is really pointy. (laughs) All right. Strong up my butt. For this next, I will shoot heroin while throwing my void. Oh, I hate when he shoots heroin. <laughs> it's a, oh, oh, God, oh, gee, oh, oh, He's riding a horse. He's riding. Oh, as he does this every night, ladies and gentlemen. I hate so, with. Can you imagine, like, um, they'd be sitting in the chair just like they are now, but with that forward, sleepy droop that you see the heroin people have? <laughs> right. He's got to have one. But every time, like, he gets a, uh, he gets a high, the puppet kind of again. The puppet has to moan. <laughs> that's that's a Carl and kicks. Now we're doing funny jokes and. Elsa, let's hear a couple jokes. The sound like cue music. Oh, stops. This just stops like cold. <laughs> First talkies. Yeah, look at this. It just stops. It's so cheap. Search me or I. I have to unlock that 
Wow, that's really awkward now. The audience has left. Yeah. I put you here. Now, you know who's. Yeah. The mouth is still going to move, and he can't have that. Oh, yes, he does have it. Okay. Yeah, he has it. Like in that movie Magic with uh, Sir, what's his face? Uh, haunting, uh, what's his name? The guy from Transformers, uh, Anthony Perkins. No, not Anthony Perkins, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony okay. Hopkins. Remember yeah, he was yeah. in Transformers in the last no. one? No, oh, I classic, didn't. Classic, classic. Yeah, he was, he, you could see the check being cashed in his head when he speaks. It's just like <laughs> this amazing performance. Anyway. He was known for a movie where he was a ventriloquist, and the dummy is even. What the fuck's going on? What's he pulling out of his mouth? Like a magic, a magician pulls out the the um, forever. Um... And while I throw my voice, right? I'm going, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to pull hosiery out of my mouth while I speak. What is the word I'm looking for? Scarves? You know, the... Scarves, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Speaking of colonials. Courtesy of Mr. William Patterson. <laughs> That's right. Ew, it's Brautwurst. It's, it's sausage, and he's going to eat it with his hands. What's wrong with that? Well, I'm not in public. I, I would like I, I would be in the back row of the theater, not on stage, but I had to eat sausage. Now he's doing a song now. A stick is like he's eating a full meal. Man, what did they pay him? Meals? They pay yeah, right. They pay him. He's eating board. lobster. He's eating uh, uh, caviar. He's eating uh, rotwurst. Rutenwald. Now, this was based on a short story called The Rival Dummy um, in 1928. There was some short story named The Rival Dummy. And some of these songs were, like, on the radio as a result of the film. So did they credit it or they just stole it? They credit. Oh, okay. Um, songs by Lynn Cohen, Paul Kitsworth, Donald McNeeny, and Zaney. You wouldn't know. They're not from the 20s, you know. Gotta take a walk across the stage while I pantomiming walking. As you sit in the audience saying, what the fuck? Why did I pay 30 bucks for this? I'm taking a walk. <laughs> now Mary comes in and sees what a mess the place is and cleans it up. And she does some things that are like she used to when um, they were together. And this is going to make this is going to make Gabo think he's got a shot again with Mary. The, there's a big unfair reveal. I mean, she when they sat down at the table right. at the restaurant or nightclub, whatever it was, she should have said, "Hi, it's been two years. I got married." Right. She didn't Frank. say that. I want to be frank with you. Frank. Yeah. Gabo, Gabo, Frank. Oh, his coffee is ice cold. With you. Well, no, that's not true. I wanted Frank to be frank with me. And as a result, there's Frank. What are you doing in his dressing room? Oh, oh. 
just masturbating. Yeah. It his smells like pine salt. What's going on? I was smelling his socks and masturbating. This is like the, the dressing room looks like apartment building. How big is the theater? Um, that's a good point. The backstage does seem endless. And yeah. it's, they walk hallways and there are chambers. There's like nobody in the audience hears them backstage. They're like in a different wing. Yeah. And and you can see like magazines and and um, oh yeah, you need magazines in the dressing room, right? Yeah. Okay. Or Here's what I can. wardrobe, a whole other section of town. Yeah. Everyone get naked. Yeah. This is an R-rated Hollywood, Hollywood movie. Wow. Guys, in Hollywood. Oh yes, everyone's they're gonna get take off their clothes. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Don't put clothes on. Wait a minute. What part of the audience? I, I like being the peepee town audience. All right. Now it's going to happen again. Trump. We're going to watch. Oh. Look at those typical stairs. You know what? Because they all do the can can and they like, how else can we show our legs? Let's walk up the stairs. <laughs> oh, oh, now there's Mary doing her. She's singing to her husband, director right. uh, Frank. Now remember, she is married to our director. Right. But maybe this is a film about their experience. Like, back off, you ventriloquist fuck. Marry me. I'm in love with you, and back I like off, to stroll. Back off, you ventriloquist fuck. She's marrying me. <laughs> That's your line. We're going to put that she... in the pilot. <laughs> okay, it's called Gabble, right? But yeah, but then suddenly the people in the back will be like, boo, boo. I don't agree with that guy. How could you say that about that terrific ventriloquist? <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of great things about that ventriloquist. Guys, who said that? Oh, so he's jealous now. Well, who's is the puppet going to get jealous? Puppet's going to twitch his eye. Uh, yes. No, 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 no. The puppet's cool. He's always cool. It's it's Gabo. 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 Mm. Now, Frank so was that for the audience? Like, did I know that she was singing to Gabo, uh, to Otto? No, because no, no. I'm in the audience. Right, and and this isn't a typical audience. Like, that's from the balcony. Actually, that shot was probably from the balcony, right? Yeah. We are all wearing suits. Let's all get up and dance to a song that was a hit. Before your mother was born. Oh, they were talking about this song. Yeah, well, um, that was in Magic Bus. That's not what it was called. Magical, oh, the Mystery, Magical Tour. Mystery Tour. They oh. they come down the stairs and they're in tuxedos. Yeah, I remember. I remember that movie because that movie was uh, a surprise as a young Beatle fan. That would you're be, like, yeah, yeah, that would be great if it was on YouTube. If any of them were. Oh yeah. Oh, if any of them were. I, so the album had like pictures from the the film, like in yes. the gatefold, and you go, "What? Whoa!" And then when you see the movie, when you actually see the moving images, you're like, "What kind of self crazy indulgence is this shit?" Like it's <laughs> it's fun. It's definitely fun, but it's uh. You remember they went to get um, fish and chips, and they were in the regular store of England. Yeah. All I, all I remember is I'm eating a lot of spaghetti and meatballs. Like this guy was like, and the Beatles were there. Yeah, uh, we're watching this film though. Oh. Now we're having more jealousy. 
Where are you? You're going. Hey, where are you walking? Carl and I paid 40 bucks to sit in the audience watching you walk back and forth. <laughs> We're going to see throughout the whole rest of this film. We're going to watch this musical play. We're going and up, then, and up and down and down and up and up. I'm looking at the women for the last hour and a half. I feel really awful about myself. Look how out of focus and bad this foot that footage was we just saw. Yeah, you know, this uh, 1080 transfer looks great, though. Yeah, it really does. And the sound yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, the good, good, good YouTube. Oh, wow, this is so exciting. Whoa, it's like they have their topless. They had microphones. They had microphones back in 1929, right? It wasn't the yes. thing where the politician had to like yell out of a no a, a cone. paper cone. That was definitely like 1911, 1910. Okay. But no, like at the football. Yeah. Team. Yeah. No. No, there were microphones because there was radio. Right. It was... Okay. Good old Edison. It's a weird thing about a microphone. It's like we're not. We didn't really invent it as much as we discovered and just like you talk into a magnetic field that is electrified and that makes that breaks the magnetic field from your talking and that is there's a wire behind it and it just goes into it and then on the other side you have a cone and this the it just vibrates the way it vibrated over there we didn't invent it it was like we figured it out I figured it out. Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> you have to tell me I am. Come on, man. Come, Come on. on. How could yeah. you ask me that, Michael? We've been yeah. partners. We've been since... doing watching bad movies for the last six years. What makes you think I've been wearing academy. a wire? We were watching bad movies in the academy. And you yeah, that's back in the academy. We were, back when we were rookie uh, commentators. I think he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to talk to my left nipple. Testing, testing. Oh, hi, Mike. One second. <laughs> testing. Oh, hey, what's up, buddy? You have that heroin? <laughs> Where is the heroin that you funded? Where's the heroin that you funded? Hang on one sec. Memo to self. Pick up dry cleaners. <laughs> um... <laughs> Whoa. Now they're walking. I mean, the dancing is pretty Moon good. Moonwalking. They're Michael Jackson's. Yeah, I mean, this is like a big production. You got at least 50 dancers on stage. Look how bad they are. The Busby Berkeley would at least have the camera go over the people, and then when they dance, they make like interesting designs. Yes. This is um, much better, was um, uh, the Mick Jagger film we saw, and they were doing the musical <laughs> number. It's New York Street. Yeah. Oh, he, he, the camera moved in that movie, running out of luck. Did you see that weird film fuck up we saw? Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's kind of soothing to the eyes. It's, it's like kind of like time warp happened. You know, if you went back, I'm serious. If you went back to this time all of a sudden, you wouldn't know what the fuck is going on. Like, it's such a different culture. But why, why is walking around stage for the parasol with your love, like, entertaining? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, now oh. he comes home and he sees like the thing is laid out for them and the shoes are there and Mary's here. 
was here. It still looks like a Mary, Mary, I need your love. There's something about Mary. Yeah, which I never heard the original song. I just saw the movie. The original song? At the end, they do... um... Fill me up, Buttercup. Right. Is that... I was... There is some Mary song. I don't know. My brain's a little broke right now. Well, right now it says. Uh, Let's listen if it's not if it's not too loud because they're talking about how nice it is to have her back. Oh, and the coffee's just right. Nice. Right, perfect. He poured it like an hour ago. Where did where did she brew it? Great question. It must have been in the uh, the coffee commissary of the backstage. <laughs> You know, if they offered these anemones in the front of the theater, they probably wouldn't have folded. Anemones. <laughs> oh, she left my needle just the way I like it. <laughs> so this guy was born in Austria. Um, I think Vienna. I'm not sure. <clears throat> uh, his 1924 film, Greed... Uh, it's yes. considered one of the finest and most important films ever made. San Francisco movie, too. Yeah. And it was, even though it was a period piece, they filmed it in like with modern, you could see cars, modern San yeah. Francisco. Even well, so it, it's uh, like a, yeah, it's a six-hour film. I, TCM aired like a big version of it. It wasn't like the full-on. It was maybe in four hours. But he's a dentist, and him and his wife are like schemers. And he has an office on Polk, Polk Street. It has a big uh, tooth hanging out. And there's actually a bar that's named after it. It has a tooth uh, on Polk Street. And, and But uh, I don't know. It has this great scheme, but it's the ending. The last scene is, is in dead. Uh, basically, he, he before he dies, he handcuffs himself to his adversary. No, his adversary handcuffs oh. himself and dies. Okay. And he, so he's like, he's freed, his, you know, to the point where he's like, handcuffed to a dead body you know <laughs> like then uh i actually saw a movie drug war johnny toe you know the guy who uh yeah yeah, yeah. he did the mission the mission he, he did a film drug war where he ripped off the end of uh greed where oh. so it's a cat and mouse you know there's a cop and there's a criminal and basically the criminal is about to get what he has and he's handcuffed to the cop no and they realize that the cop handcuffed him fucking him over and he looks at the dead body and the dead body is smiling that's the touch <laughs> the director added he made the dead body smile <laughs> Very <laughs> so yeah and i guess good for the film good for the film yeah it's a good denouncement you know so uh, 